Welcome back to the Accelerated Physics Podcast. It's a show where we talk about teaching and learning physics. I'm Sean Downs with the Pasayton Institute. Today, we are once again talking about teaching. Specifically, we're talking about grading exams, the nuts and bolts, how to manage your informally aggregated staff, and how to get it done efficiently, and why you should do it immediately. Now, the context will be undergraduate education, but a lot can be directly applied to high school physics as well. We'll share some practical tips and hard truths, as well as some borderline egregious counterexamples that you'll want to personally avoid. So let's dive in. The two best undergraduate professors I've encountered were something of a tag team, and an unlikely one at that. Tatiana Yurikmova and Bill Basikas. Now, I'm very biased. Those two were in good with my doctoral advisor, and they saved my bacon during some graduate school kind of HR drama that I was involved in. But in working with them, I've learned an enormous amount about what good, competent instruction looks like. Before we discuss their outstanding approach to undergraduate physics education, allow me to share two terrible examples of what not to do. One of my first experiences as a teaching assistant in graduate school was probably also the worst. The lead professor wrote us a group email saying that he was looking forward to working closely with each and every one of us. My first email to him about a week or so later with a couple of innocent questions was completely ignored, and I was later told by proxy to use his graduate student as a liaison for any and all communications. <laughs> he was also the kind of guy who used scantrons, you know, those bubble sheets, for his undergraduate exams. And we've already been over the tragedy of that approach to assessment. The students in my sections, at least, were not happy with him. The second unfortunate example came only one semester later. This professor's approach to grading was both haphazard and inconsistent. My first contact with him was an email that was sent out only a few hours before we were supposed to grade the first exam. Needless to say, I never arrived. My non-response to the event was, to my horror, immediately escalated to department leadership before I even looked at my email. Such massive disrespect for subordinates resulted in immediate pushback from me and the other students, and we had zero incentive to do anything for that guy beyond the bare minimum. As the next exam approached, the grading strategy shifted. This time, the various TAs were all assigned each a different problem, and we met informally in the halls to pass stacks of exams around. Big stacks of exams. It was almost a week before I got the full stack of papers to grade my problem. The risk involved with individual graduate students being responsible for all those exams on campus is still something I fail to comprehend. People! You're professionals. Get organized. Ugh. Anyway, back to Tatiana and Bill. Now that we know what bad looks like, we have some context for what we're trying to avoid. What did Tatiana and Bill do that was so right? First-year physics exams are traditionally given in the evenings. They're kind of infrequent but long affairs for the students, and so need to be free from calendar conflicts. There were usually four such exams per semester, including the final. 
The grading staff, if you could call them that, was a team of professors and graduate teaching assistants, all of whom were associated with this particular block of physics courses. Maybe four professors and 12 to 15 graduate students were involved. We'd all meet in a room after the exam, and I mean immediately after the exam, to grade into the night. Usually we'd start around 7 p.m. or so and finish just before midnight. Sometimes it might go a little later. It's a kind of arrangement that can really only happen in academia where boundaries feel a little more malleable. And perhaps because of this, it's easily assailable by folks who closely guard their personal time. And hey, normally I am one of those folks, but this, this strategy is an exception, and it's an important one. There's so much good that comes out of Tatiana and Bill's approach, uh, not least of which is pure time efficiency. So let's go over how this all worked. Each of the professors, Bill and Tatiana included, would nucleate a cluster, and the graduate students would kind of aggregate around one of them. Experienced TAs would likely have arrived earlier, or even proctored the exam, and typically had a preferred professor that they liked, you know, working with. The new students would arrive later and just kind of slot in to a different cluster organically. Each team would be assigned a problem to grade, and individual sections of the courses would be passed around from group to group until all the problems of all the sections were graded. We'd all then collectively add up the scores and stack the exams by section by the door. If a team happened to finish early, they'd just take some of the other work from some of the other teams. We would all finish together. Hundreds of handwritten exams, graded by hand, in only a few hours. The professors would then go over the exam during the next class period. That way, the mental effort associated to the problems of the exam itself was completely time-limited and bounded. From giving the exam to grading the exam to reviewing the exam, nothing else happened in between. This kind of continuity might actually sound kind of boring, but it's actually quite a relief for the professional scientists who are also working on other kinds of Just things. Getting all of the work done all at once meant that you didn't have to worry about it afterwards. Also, you would get near real-time feedback on how the students did. The students would also get close to near real-time feedback on how they did. Just like we discussed with Tom Lemberger's quizzes way back in episode 2, this rapid feedback can be invaluable. Because this was first-year physics, the professor and the graduate students were largely considered as equals in terms of the intellectual material. The problems were easy enough for these professionals to solve, and could usually be broken down into individual components. As we've discussed a lot in the past, student errors often follow similar patterns. So after viewing a stack of 30 or so exams, you typically have a representative sample for the entire data set. Thus, within, say, the first 30 minutes of grading, a rubric for the problem of your cluster naturally forms. Points on that rubric were typically assigned collectively in conversation and debate, and the rest of the exams proceeded rapidly. Often, Bill and Tatiana would have some preferences for assigning points for kind of various parts of the problem, and that simplified things even further. Most of the work that remained was kind of sorting exams into equivalence classes of student error and marking up the exams as appropriate. This collective approach to grading really sped the process up. Additionally, it had the added benefit of making the grading fair across the different sections, 
as the rubric was basically universal. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, Bill bought everyone who grated a burger. A fat burger, as he'd say. The style was your choice, loaded up with onion rings, fries, and drinks. And they'd all arrive at around 8 or 8.30, so we would have settled in by then. Crucially, this was a nice acknowledgement of the massive pay discrepancy between professors and graduate students, but it was also an implicit acknowledgement of the ask involved with staying that late. Okay, so what are the, some of the lessons learned? Well, as with any series of major multi-hour events that require interpersonal and kind of professional interaction, we build community. I mean, we're all grading together. Our objective, sure, was to get out of there, but I never once thought, gosh, this sucks, or I don't want to be here. Two, we'd get it all done in one sitting. We would never have to think about that exam again. And as a result, both students and instructors got the fastest possible feedback. Three, pattern recognition naturally generates a rubric for the problems that applies equally well to all students over a dozen plus sections. And four, finally, it's a system that evolves well. New graduate students assimilate well with the experienced graduate students after one or two semesters of practice wears in. If you're grading first-year exams in physics or mathematics, I strongly encourage you to organize your staff along these lines. Okay, so how would you apply these lessons in a smaller context, perhaps as an individual actor, like an unsupported high school teacher or community college professor? Well, first, the observation that student errors typically align themselves into equivalence classes is an important one. You probably already know that, but you can base the rubric on these. So first thing you might want to do is just kind of go through the full set of exams first and sort things that way. Second, do it right after the exam. Don't wait. Stay up late and kind of suck it up. It's worth having it done immediately. Buy yourself a fun meal in the process. Hey, a pizza, a burger, a burrito. Something to help you power through and be a little reward kind of midstream. Teaching is hard, but it makes society a better place. You deserve it. And that's our show. The Accelerated Physics Podcast is brought to you by, oddly enough, the Physics Accelerator. The Physics Accelerator is a suite of support services offered by the Poseidon Institute related to learning and teaching physics effectively. One-page reference sheets, problem sets, coaching, and more. If you need a little help with your physics or math, or you're looking to extend your knowledge, please check us out. We're here for students from advanced high school on up, including any adults who want a quick way to refresh their skills. We're here for you at physicsaccelerator.com. The Accelerated Physics Podcast is a production of the Poseidon Institute, whose mission is to build and share physics knowledge without barriers. This podcast aims to serve both students and teachers of physics by injecting ideas and starting conversations. Do you have any ideas or feedback? Hey, drop us a line. This show is made possible in part by the Physics Accelerator, whose mission is to support people in the quest to learn mathematics and physics. The Physics Accelerator is a program of the Poseidon Institute. The show is written, edited, and produced by me, Sean Downs. Thank you so much for listening.